On today's show, Darius Garland dropped 51 points, and the Cavs lost. We'll talk about all that and more. I want to thank you for making Lockdown Cavs your first listen every day. Remember, we are free and available wherever you get your podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash LockedOnNBA. You are Locked On Cavs, your daily Cleveland Cavaliers podcast. Right. The music you heard on the way in is from our friends at Astro Radio. Check them out on Apple Music or Spotify. I'm Chris Manning. That's Evan Damrell. We're locked on Cavs. Evan, Cavs-Wolves was an interesting one in a number of different ways. Cavs forced a loss. Darius Garland scored 51. First NBA player this season to score 50-plus points. Joel Embiid would do it later in the night, but Garland was first. No Donovan Mitchell, no Jared Allen, no Dean Wade. Lamar Stevens gets a start. Like, there's a lot to go in this game, but I think the only place to start is the Darius Garland of it all because, my goodness, what a, what a game from Garland on a night where that the, the comeback that never was only really happens because Garland was really, really good for, for much of this game, and in particular in, in the second half and, and in the fourth quarter. Yeah, I mean, if you're just a basketball enthusiast, um, this this game against the Timberwolves had you howling for a good time, but if you're a Cavaliers fan, your tail is between your legs after this one, because I would say this is probably of the four losses the Cavs have had, the probably the most frustrating one at the end of the day, just because the Cavs just had no momentum heading into this game, really, because they got a sucker punch in the first quarter, but they clawed their way back in. And yeah, Darius Garland stole the show, and he kind of took center stage. And I asked him about it post-game, and he somewhat mockingly said, his eye's still not 100%. So just to put that into context, and physically, he's just not okay either. He's getting over being sick. Uh, it was reported he was seen with ice on his thigh or his like near his knee after the game as well. So he's might be doing some other bumps and bruises too. So the fact that he's able just to kind of carry so much forward momentum from this in a possibly a game against Milwaukee is a good thing and we'll just hope he's healthy at this point but just the fact that Darius Garland still wasn't 100% and just absolutely lit up the Timberwolves and almost willed the Cavs back and won this game if you're being down by such a big deficit is kind of testament to his ability as a player and we're, we'll do our rewards and everything else after the fact but like it's going to be a Darius Garland centric show just because he was the key star and key player for the Cavs. He was really only the only noteworthy player just on offense that were anywhere on the floor for the Cavs um, on Sunday night. Yeah, I thought they got good minutes out of Lamar Stevens. I thought they got good minutes. I, I mean, look, I mean, I was prepared to have a whole Isaac Okoro bit on the show because Okoro was genuinely, I think, an impactful player on both ends of the floor in this game. And if you don't, and if honestly... Honestly, if you do, if you watch that game and didn't think he played well, then you're just you're just like confirming your own bias. You're just confirming your own biases about what a court is, and that's fine. You can do that, but you're you're wrong about how he played Sunday. Like this was a game how, where you. How does it feel, certain listeners, to have us accuse you 
of being biased for once. Yeah, I don't care. Um, Karis, <laughs> this is a game like you didn't feel Karis Levert at all. This was like a bad. This was maybe Evan. This was, I think, definitely Evan Mobley's worst game. Oh, Evan Mobley was non-existent on offense in this four, game. He's one of shots. four from the floor. Yep. Four shots in general. Two of six from the free throw line. <sighs> Looked super aggressive early, and then just kind of became passive as the game went on was like not on said, the, robin lopez was the center on the floor when when they make the run in the fourth quarter yeah and i think that's credit to jv Bickerstaff. he knows when they ride the hot hand and just lean on who is working in certain scenarios and evan mobley just didn't have it on sunday against minnesota maybe it was the fact that he didn't have that safety blanket and jared allen next to him and you had to deal with carl anthony towns in space and then you had to deal with rudy gobert on the interior as well it's like it's a tough ask, but at the same time, if you're Evan Mobley, you maybe need to be a bit more comfortable. And also, if you really want to impose your will, you're arguably, if not the second best player on the floor for the Cavs tonight. You need to have a bit more of a commanding presence on offense, but enough with the bad vibes. Yeah, let's 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 talk here, about Darius Garland. So here's Garland's final stat line. 51 points, 40 minutes, six of 31, 16 of 31 from the field, 10 of 15 from three. 9 of 13 from the line, 6 assists, only 2 turnovers. I, I I don't think I've ever seen a game, Evan, where Garland put the team so thoroughly just like on his shoulders and when it mm-hmm. did stuff. Like, I have never... Garland, and I think this year in particular, what Garland has kind of been in some ways has been a shift to Mitchell's going to be the scorer and Garland is going to be the the guy who creates, keeps the ball moving, is going to play that sort of more structural point guard role, right? Like, that has been, I think, what we've seen from him for long stretches and in, in, in when those two have played together and when that has worked. Mm-hmm. This was like, guess what? I'm Kevin Love is not shooting well. J.D. Osmond kind of got hot late and in the second half, but, like, was kind of an... Like, Levert wasn't providing you much. Garland had to do this stuff, and he put up a stat line... And, and put up a performance that, like, if the Cavs won this game, like, we would, like, he was kind of, like, he seemed a little pissed off after the game. I, I got that. You got, just since he's just, like, just frustrated, frustrated and tired, and, like, I understand that. But then you got, like, he put up numbers that, like, I'm going to pull up the stat muse thing um, and, and tell you what what it was because I'm, I'm trying to remember the, 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 the thing that they did. But my, oh, my, I, I, he is just, he is just... He has struggled this year, and I, I think it's been a weird start to the year for him. Mm-hmm. This, this dude's just, this dude is just bona fide. Yeah, he's, uh, I mean, only a season removed from being an all-star. He took a dramatic leap in year three. I think we know he's capable of games like this, but like you said, he has to take more of a reserve role in the new offensive hierarchy for Cleveland, where Donovan Mitchell's kind of that bona fide bucket getter for you, and Darius is more of the table setter on offense. who can still get his shot when he needs to as well, and he's still trying to maybe figure out that... that fine balance between the two. And as you said, he was a little frustrated after this game because... He was asked several times about the uh, performance itself and just the accolades he's racked up and the fact that, like, he's broken quite a few Cavs records and, you know, this is the first 50-plus point scoring outburst for an NBA player this season. But he's like, ah, that's great, but we didn't win, so he doesn't care about the accolades. I think... And then he went on to say, like, listen, that's just how this team works. Like, none of us really want to have, like, a dominant scoring night. We'd rather just win and win with each other. And I'm like, yeah, that's nice. And that's good to hear. And I think that's the right mentality to have, especially from a guy who's only in his fourth year in the league. Like, if you were a young rising star, I think maybe you'd feed into the hype a little bit more despite the win um, or the loss at this point. But it's it's certainly 
reassuring. You could see the frustration really boil over when the Cavs weren't able to corral uh, Anthony Edwards' miss in the closing moments, and it resulted in Jetty Osmond fouling Torian Prince. You watched Darius Garland walk over to the broadcast table and like slam his fist in frustration. Yeah, just because like he probably knew like that was the play that probably sealed Cleveland's fate because like the momentum was completely back in Cleveland's end of the floor and like he was just unconscious from three-point range I think if the Cavs maybe ran a little bit more screens instead of instead of using Darius as like a Steph Curry type player like okay Darius just pull up and rip it and like yeah he was 10 to 15 but maybe running a bit more of your offensive structure will help too but again it's not it's not any it's not a we're 13 games in the season. It's not a 13-game season at this point. It's an 82-game season. Um, but this is a very encouraging thing, like you said, just because Darius has struggled up to this point, just trying to maybe figure out that fine balance between being the lead facilitator while still trying to get your shot, all while getting a guy who is just a bona fide bucket getter in every level of the floor. Yeah. And playing off of him as well. And I think that's just the quiet concern you and I have had and several people have had where... Listen, it's great Donovan Mitchell is just putting up these insane stat lines, but Darius Garland isn't fully comfortable playing with him yet. And you saw some of the struggles on the West Coast road trip where like Garland just kind of looked like he was in and out of it a little bit. And this is just kind of an encouraging reminder to some folks that were a bit more naysayers to say like, oh no, Darius Garland still has it. It's just he's still trying to figure out how to play with a co-star now. I logged on Twitter for the first time in like several days on Sunday during this game and like people were tweeting about how people were doubting Garland. I'm just like, this is why Twitter sucks. You hope Elon Musk just burns that this platform to the absolute Well, crowd. he already is. And but, again, okay, folks, uh, we're, these we're athletes on, aren't on, your friends. On, it's moving okay. On, moving on. Darius Garland, only two players in Cavs history have scored more in a single game than Garland this one. LeBron James and Kyrie Irving. Ever heard of him? Um... Evan, NBA history. Only here are the only players that have posted fifty plus points, ten plus threes, and five plus assists in a, in a game in NBA history. Are you ready? Yes. Stephen Curry. Ever heard of him? Damian Lillard. Ever heard of him? Kyrie Irving. Ever heard of him? James Harden. Ever heard of him? Clay you Thompson. Keep asking me if I've heard of these guys, and no, I haven't. Tell me more. Clay Thompson. Ever heard of him? And Darius Garland. He's the sixth player in NBA history to do that. Six all Wait, time. You, you didn't. You didn't ask me if I've heard of Darius Garland. Well, I know you have. We've been talking about him for almost ten minutes. You're letting him know, as the Cavs would say. Good lord. Okay. For those of you that are wondering if we're being too positive <sighs> about about a game where the Cavs got their butts kicked in the first quarter and lost their four straight segment three, we're going to talk about that and and what a four game losing streak really means for the Cavs at this point in time. So stay tuned for that. Also in segment two coming up, we are going to get into our game awards, which means we're probably going to talk more about Darius Garland, but I'm going to talk about Okoro and Stevens because I'm a sicko. Uh, But when I first go into our first ad break and today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available that's where you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. All it takes is filling out the right information and clicking a few buttons and you'll be searching for that next great team member. Then add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on the candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. Finding the right team member is paramount to ending the year strong, and you need the right tools to do it. LinkedIn is that tool. That's why small businesses are rating LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. 
post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NBA. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NBA to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, we're back here on the Lockdown Cast podcast. I'm Chris Manning. That's Evan Damro. All right, game awards. If you're coming to us for the first time, that means we do game MVP, our stat of the night, and our play of the night. Evan, uh, I, I think Darius Garland is the MVP of this game. Like, there's not really a question in my mind that he's the real MVP. Yeah, you're absolutely correct. I think honorable mentions should go to Lamar Stevens and Isaac Okoro in this one, too. Those, I think, were our original picks before Garland kind of went unconscious in the second half and just started willing the Cavs to victory there. Um, actually, and for a fact, I do know that those were our picks before yes. we... Um, just based on uh, us filling out the outline as we were going and sitting next to each other in the little press box. But yeah, Darius by and far was the best player for the Cavs tonight. And yeah, there's a lot of quiet concerns about some of the other issues the Cavs had, but it's the Darius Garland show at the end of the day. And this is a Cavs-centric podcast, so we'll be focusing on that. And he was the best player for the Cavs. And yeah, that's all it is to it. Well, let's talk a little bit about Lamar Stevens and Okor for a second. Let's start with Lamar. 5 of 10, 30 minutes, starts... Five of six from the line, six rebounds, one assists, 15 points. Evan, what I liked about Lamar is, I, I, you know, like he, he and I think in Lopez really struggled defending Cat. So, like, it's not even like weirdly, like, I think he played particularly great on defense. What I thought really worked for him is that he cuts into the lane out of the corner. He moves on offense. He, like, provided on offense, got six free throw attempts. And, like, he, he was active and useful. And I, I, I like, I just think Lamar is, like, I understand there are warts on his game, just like there are like warts on like a lot of guys' games. I just mm-hmm. like think Lamar is good or like makes yes. like he does things that work and are helpful. And I'm kind of curious to see if like this is something that could be a catalyst to maybe you sneak him some minutes here or there. Just even just to extend your rotation a little bit and not, you know, be playing guys thirty thirty five minutes a night sometimes. I agree with you on that assessment. I think if you had to like toss it up between him and Dean Wade, who are both NBA caliber players that are also reliable and ready, just like you said, Stevens has words to his game and the fact that he's just not a three-point shooter at all. And I think just because Wade provides you that avenue of spacing, then you've seen it work functionally well with like Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland spread pick and rolls. Like That's why Dean Wade gets minutes over Lamar Stevens when this Cavs team is fully healthy. But yeah, I agree. I think... Maybe this is a segue for him to show the coaching staff like, hey, maybe I do deserve five to ten minutes a night. And maybe that evolves into more kind of similarly to last season where he got a spot start, played really well for two games, I believe, for Cleveland, and then kind of carved out a spot at the back end of the rotation just because he was playing so freaking well. And like, it's hard to deny a guy playing well minutes and just say like, okay, we're going to put you back on ice, even though you played your butt off on defense and gave us like eight to ten points a night. So it, we'll see how this evolves. I think you're right. He didn't defend Carl Anthony Towns well. I think the Cavs did a good job defending Carl Anthony Towns in general. But, like, you watch Lamar Stevens hustle quite a bit. And I think him and Isaac Coro, which this is my play of the night, it's just like the two of them trapped D'Angelo Russell at the top of the perimeter and forced Minnesota turnover. And then in turn, Darius Garland hit a three pointer that really shifted the momentum back to the in their favor. And I think, like, Lamar Stevens just having such a sound understanding of defensive concepts and being so comfortable at times defending in space when he conventionally is supposed to be defending maybe fours and fives when he Mm -hmm. first came out of Penn State. It's testament to his pliability as a player and going from being a four to a three and also just like the Cavs player development side of things. But we can got a fuse praise on that later. But 
he was ready to go. Like he hardly got minutes up until this point in the season. He was thrown into the starting lineup. He didn't really probably know until the game was about to start that he and Kevin Love were starting in place of Donovan Mitchell and um, Jared Allen in the starting five. And he responded really well. He gave you a lot of solid minutes, and I think that's exactly what you need from a guy who is your third or fourth depth piece, depending on where he fits in the position scheme of the roster. But yeah, I think just like you said, maybe to stretch out the rotation a little bit more, not go seven, eight players deep, expand to nine, 10, maybe even 11 if you want to, just to rest some of your key guys, because Darius is dealing with some issues physically. You don't want him playing 40 minutes a night if Donovan Mitchell's out for a bit. So Lean on your depth. Um, JV says like he's very comfortable and knows that like these guys are ready and equipped. And Lamar definitely backed up those sentiments uh, from pregame. I know Cora look played really really good defense on Anthony Edwards. It he he was the by far the best defender on D'Angelo Russell, who was like unconscious for most of this game. Like only uh, one Cavs player played good defense on. D'Angelo Russell, that was Isaac Okoro. 3-4 mm-hmm. from the field, had some cuts, had had two assists, or had the one assist, which is a nice little dive in, had four, you know, just was active and good and played with more confidence. Like, he played well. And I'm not going to tell you he scored, he like, you know, look, he only, he scored eight points. He's not going to come here and put a 15, but like really solid defense, played better than a lot of the guys, was on, like, JB played him for most of the second quarter and then played him for a chunk of the second half. And he earned mm-hmm. the, he deserved to be there. He was good in this game. And that's just straight up fact. And I, I think if you're like piling on him or like I saw tweets about like, this is what I hate Twitter. This is why Lamar, like, this is like Lamar should get all of a course, man. It's like you maybe just find a way to play them both. If you can, like, this yeah. isn't like, Neither of them are perfect, and people will go in a week be like, oh, Lamar missed a bunch of threes or isn't taking threes and have these same issues. Like, that's just the reality of these guys. we got to move on. Um, yeah, Evan, stat of the night. Well, just real no, quick. There's no, a way for both of them to be functional, and I think the Cavs do possess the spacing. It's just they need to lean a little bit more on those players because, yeah, I think Isaac Okoro and, yeah, they're, they're flawed. We'll talk about it in the third yeah. maybe a bit too. But Yeah, yeah we, have a, we have a hard 20-minute transition we got to make. Um, just real quick, stat of the night, 27 points. Uh, you had 27 points in the fourth quarter. Most in franchise history. That's crazy. That was your Saturday night. That's bonkers. Um, From from Darius Garland, by the way. Yes, not just as the team. Look, 12 missed free throws for the Cavs is mine. They win this game if they make five more of those free throws. If Evan Mobley, you know, isn't two of six. If Darius missed too late in this game. Like, if they just make a couple more free throws... They win this game. Like they shot fifty percent from three. They shot forty four point nine percent from the field overall. They shot under seventy percent from the free throw line. That that was gonna kill you, and it it ultimately did kill them. Mm. All right. Um, play of the night for me is just the Garland pull up through lane regulation. You've seen it. It's amazing. Blah blah blah. Okay. After the break, we're gonna come back and talk about what the four game losing streak means. But Evan, you first have an ad read for us. I sure do. Today's episode of Locked on Cavs is brought to you by our friends at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for betting football and the start of the new basketball season this year. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news podcasts, and in-depth analysis on every game. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf, is Bet Online. So, 
Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the transaction. Right now, the Cavs are plus 225 to win the Central Division, plus 700 to win the East, and about plus 1400 to win the NBA title. We'll have lines soon for Cavs Bucks on Wednesday, so if you're interested, get in on it now. Bet online where the game starts. All right, we're back here on the Locked on Cavs podcast. I'm Chris. That's Evan. Sup, Playo? Cavs have lost four in a row, Evan. Clippers, Mm -hmm. Kings, Warriors, Wolves. Different ways they've lost those games. Some late game miscues on that road trip. This wasn't really late game miscues. This was they got their butts kicked in the first quarter and have to come all the way back. Bickerstaff was asked about this before the game and talked about how, look, he was talking about other players, but I found it sort of insightful that he was talking about how it takes time to really gel and trust each other and, and build something. Mm-hmm. And it is hot. And the Cavs really came out hot in a way that made you think that like they like some, maybe they were going to skip some of that. And you maybe just, this tells you that you can't skip some of those steps. I also look at this. I, I also just like look at this, Evan, and I look at what they've done. And I've look and I look at like how they've lost and like the injury stuff and Garland being second, just like these little things. I don't really like look at this as like a four game losing streak that I'm like something feels really wrong here. It's not great. I'm not gonna sit here and tell you that the vibes are immaculate right now. But like they had this really weird game coming off the road trip. They've been trapped like they were in the West Coast. They they had some weird performances late in games. They're figuring stuff out. They've had guys in and out of the lineup a little bit. Mm-hmm. It seems like, you know, Jared Allen, they, the way he described his injury was it's, like... It's something he's been dealing with all season. Yeah, something he's been dealing with all season and something that, like, he, they wanted to try to rest him so it wouldn't get worse. And, like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know what that means, but okay. Like, this just feels like a team that's, like, kind of dealing with some stuff right now. And the four-game losing streak is, like, a byproduct of stuff that I don't suspect is a real, real significant issue. But it's uh, there. there's probably still some stuff to figure out as you go forward. Yeah, I asked JB about a postgame, just saying, like, listen, you guys have lost four in a row. And arguably, this is probably the most frustrating loss. And as you said, he did note the, like, hey, we looked like a team in the first half that was coming off a West Coast road trip, and we just like, didn't have the energy, and we didn't bring it, blah, 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 like, coaching stuff and i just said are, are you concerned at all just after four losses in a row and he's like no not really he's like, i know how talented this locker room is i know how talented this team is i know how talented our depth is and our coaching staff and like he used praise on everyone and said a lot of it's on him to figure out just how to make this work but he's like it's a lot of it is me getting to know guys that i haven't spent time with and i think that's you know just pointing like donovan mitchell Hollow netto robin lopez guys like that are just like new to the team um and just kind of maybe trying to get back to full health and full strength like today the Cavs aren't practicing the day after their game and against minnesota and that's rightfully so like they need to rest up a lot of their guys and darius garland said like the biggest positive thing that they can carry within the milwaukee is them being healthy and just trying to get familiar and comfortable with one another and i think you're just seeing a little bit of that i think it's just more so to start the season, there's no Darius Garland, and you just gave the ball to Donovan Mitchell and let him cook, and that led to a lot of wins and results, and I think that just wasn't going to be sustainable for a full 82-game stretch, and that's okay. Because, again, I sound like a broken record at this point. We're 13 games into the season, if you're the Cavs, and there's still, doing the math in my head right now, 69 nice games to go, and you still have plenty of time to figure this out, get things going, and... 
the, the Cavs are going to be fine. Like, they're not too overly concerned. There's not the Rome isn't burning. There's nothing wrong with this team. Like, I think they're still buying in and listening to JB. Like, there's no issues here across the top. And they'll be okay. And I think it's just more so than anything, just getting Garland and Mitchell comfortable with one another and then trying to find ways to get Evan Mobley more involved in the offense or like your two next biggest steps if you're the Cavs. Yeah, I'd like, look, I think Carousel Verde has like come down to earth a little bit. I think Jetty Osmond has like come back down to earth a little bit. Like you guys are going to find a happy medium with some of these role guys and figure some of that stuff out. Um, Just and like, and look, like Darius Garland being sick, like, Donovan Mitchell, maybe that ankle has been bothering him since the Boston game, right? Like, you have these things that have, I think, like, think just this is a team that I think desperately needs a month, this Monday and Tuesday to, like, not have to play an actual game. Just that, for that's, a go. That's what JB said pregame, too. It's just like, hey, we're cognizant of the fact we play Milwaukee on Wednesday. We can afford to rest some of our guys Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, so that they're a little bit more. Loose and limber against, um, you know, uh, a, a divisional foe and maybe a team like where this win will have a lot of significance in playoff standing down the line. I mean, I th- and look, I, I, I think they're going to be betting underdogs in that game. Like Milwaukee, to me, has been the best team in the league by like a wide margin this year. And like probably is a title favorite like, is like they, they were my pick, I think, coming into the year. They are my pick like remaining. So now like that team is ridiculous. Giannis is ridiculous. Like the Cavs are going to have to play really, really well. To to play that game, and you hope that you get, and you hope you get like all everyone kind of hands on deck there. But it's a it's a situation where like you are navigating that, you're trying to figure all that out, and you're also just dealing with this stuff, and you don't get as much time to practice, and and all these things I think just kind of pile up, and you're gonna have these weird little spurts. There's nothing though, like in the when you're actually watching the games, there's stuff that like isn't working at times, but like it doesn't feel. Like broken, I I wonder a little bit if we fully understand the Cavs' like actual identity at this point in time. I don't think we do, but I also think like when we're figuring this out, what is actually going on right now? What is actually being sorted through? I, nothing that it, we're seeing on a regular basis feels like 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 there's a big screaming problem looking at us. Like it doesn't f- really feel that way to me. No, I mean, these guys like playing with each other. I think these guys like each other top to bottom, and I think that's beneficial in the long term, too, where it's that, and I think just the bitter taste of how last season ended for the majority of this team is just like, hey, we can't get too caught up on these losses, and yes, they're frustrating, but they're early in the season. I think if the Cavs are having these issues late in the season when they have 60-plus games with each other and a lot of familiarity on the court with each other and still having a lot of these issues... Yeah, that's maybe more of a bit more of a alarm and cause for concern. But at this point, yeah, I'm not too overly concerned of where they're at. I think the hot streak was fun, but it wasn't sustainable. I think the Cavs still have a lot of areas they need to improve in. And I think against this game against against Milwaukee on Wednesday is going to be a true litmus test to maybe where they actually stand after, you know, two strong wins against the Celtics, and then they battled with the Warriors with a loss, and then they did beat up on the Lakers, but like four losses in a row. Maybe you're looking to shift the narrative a little bit and get some of the outside noise out of the way. But in the macro sense of it, everything's going to be, oop, excuse me, everything's going to be fine. Right now, Cavs remain third in net rating. Six points plus 6.3 per hundred possessions. Fourth in offensive rating. Fourth in defensive rating. They're expected, they're, they're at a 56 win game pace right now. That's the, that's the, that's the fourth best. The fourth best win pace in the league. Phoenix is at fifty six point seven. Milwaukee is at fifty six point seven. 
In turn, well, this is this is your expected win total based on your point differential. Phoenix, Milwaukee, Boston, Cleveland. That's the top four. They they've been playing really well. I think they've had some unlucky stuff. They've had some injuries. Had some weird stuff. I suspect that like once the schedule gets like a little bit, like they will have like kind of an easier slate coming up. You look at the next week. You get Milwaukee on Wednesday is going to be brutal. But you get Charlotte who stinks and wants to lose games at home on Friday. The Heat have not looked good this year. You get them at home on Sunday. You get Atlanta at home on Monday. And you get the Trailblazer right before Thanksgiving, before you get the Bucks again. And then you have the Pistons, the Raptors, and the Sixers headed them. You get through the end of that month, you get into Orlando, the Knicks, the Lakers, and the Kings at home instead of on the road. You get some more days off in there. Like you have the Thunder, you have the Spurs. Like you have much more manageable games as you're kind of going here that I would feel pretty good about if I'm the Cavs. And like obviously, there's going to be tough games. You're going to have some off nights, all that stuff, back to backs and things. Like, I, I think this team is really good and fine, and I suspect that that will bear out over the course of the season. I absolutely agree. Um, I think, yeah, there's no reason to be really concerned at the end of the day. I think the Cavs will be fine. And other than that, man, just are you concerned at all with Evan Mobley on offense, or is just this game kind of an outlier for you this season? Because he did have that really strong game against the Clippers the other night, and you're kind of just seeing him be a little inconsistent at times on offense. I'm not concerned. I think that's that's the biggest area for growth. But, like, on a game, it, it's a Gobert game. Like, that's going to be weird for him. Mm-hmm. And he did hit a – they did run an inverted pick and roll with him where he hit a pull-up jumper over Gobert, and I was like, huh. That's fun. So like, there's still like fun, interesting stuff that he's doing. It was just like an off night for a second year player going against a weird, a bad stylistic matchup for him. I think, and and coming off the road trip, like this, like this team is still very young and figuring itself out in a lot of ways. And I think that that is part of this too. I think that's also part of the issue with this early season winning streak is a lot of people probably assume on the outside like this Cavs team has it figured out. They're ready to go. They're going to win the finals. All blah 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 blah. But no, like you said, they're a young team. They're still growing. They're still learning. And I'm not concerned about Evan Mobley either. It's just like you said, the Gobert matchup is tricky. I think having to defend Cat and just being the primary defensive linchpin is a lot to put on Evan Mobley's shoulders too. And you saw him struggle quite a bit. He dealt with foul issues. But like you said, there's some fun stuff there. And I think when the Cavs are more at full strength and they're kind of more gelling closer to maybe Christmas at this point, we'll have a better idea of where things stand and maybe where, especially just Evan Mobley, as I'm focusing on here, needs to improve upon. Yes. All right. That's going to be it for today's show. Uh, thanks again for making us your first listen every day. This episode was produced by Jake Stevens. Now, for your next listen, check out Lockdown Sports today. The biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big name recaps, and the take of the day. That's available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. Back tomorrow with more Cavs analysis. I'm Chris. That's Evan. Be well.